Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. So glad that you decided to tune in. Hey, it's Monday, and that means Austin Brubaker joins the show. So, hey, Austin, thank you so much for coming on in. A lot to talk about today, isn't there? Yeah, a lot to talk about in the world of Dodger baseball. So, the Dodgers, they're just beating up on the NL West division. I mean, it's unbelievable. I still can't believe that they have the lead that they have right now. 71-46, and 46, 25 games over 500 this was supposed to be the rebuilding season right yeah no this year was supposed to be the year where we're going to see a little bit of struggle from the Dodgers as far as their competition with the NLS or at least that was the perception going into this season knowing that they had a bunch of younger guys coming in knowing that they didn't make the biggest of additions during the offseason uh but that has not played out over the course of the season and i remember going back to middle of july leading into the all-star break talking about those games that the dodgers needed to win just to get on a roll and that nl west just being so tight now we're about a month later from that and the dodgers are starting to build a very very solid lead the NL West they're taking advantage of a lot of the competition that they're playing against and they're playing some incredibly good baseball since the all-star break since the trade deadline uh just really encouraging to see for the Dodgers I think some of that is the fact that the Giants have not playing been playing as well lately the D-backs are in free fall the Padres are the Padres so I think that is some of it I also think though that most of it is the fact that the trade deadline acquisitions have been nothing but positives for this team, and you added that to a team who already has just had a next man up mentality all year. Yeah, and I think that mentality that they built up with the the competition that they've had to deal with early in the season, some of the adversity they've had to overcome has really helped this team. And then you add in a couple of new faces that have just took off in a new environment, an environment they perhaps feel more comfortable in and an environment that they're set up to succeed. You're starting to see all of these pieces come together into the team that the front office, that the Dodgers think can win a World Series this season. It's amazing what the environment can do for players' performances. When you put them in a winning environment and a winning culture, they think like winners and they, you know, they, they play like winners. So it's amazing how that works. Okay, eight and a half games over the Giants. That surprises me, I think, as much as anything. But, boy, the D-backs, they are just absolutely in free fall. The Dodgers have a 12-and-a-half game lead over the D-backs. The Padres, 15-and-a-half games. So, really, the only, you know, it's kind of like when you watch a NASCAR race. I don't know if you watch any of that. But most of the time, you're not watching who's going to win the race. You're watching all the action, like, for, for – third and fourth place to see who's going to get the money back there in the pack because that's where the pack's at so i think the pack is going to be it looks like it's shaping up the pack's going to be for the wild card race so the dodgers it looks like to me right now as they've kind of formed their their roster i would bet on they're going to run away with this more than i would bet on that it's going to tighten back up where would you stand on that Yeah, that seems to be the way that things are trending. Obviously, you don't want to look that far ahead, get that far ahead of yourself this early uh, before just and then start losing some of that momentum. You want to continue to grind, to fight like you are only maybe a game ahead of a lot of these teams. You want to get as far ahead as possible, just continuing to build that momentum uh, but with the way that things are trending for both teams, with the Dodgers surging, some of these other teams not quite surging as much or just really struggling, 
Uh, it seems that the Dodgers may, in fact, run away with this division, which, I mean, you can't really complain about. <laughs> no, no, especially, you know, when you got guys like Michael Bush and Ryan Pepio and, you know, guys on the farm right now that, that need playing time. So if you mm-hmm. can develop at the major league level, because I think we've talked on ad nauseum, Michael Bush has done everything he can at the AAA level. Ryan Pepio had six perfect innings yesterday, went into the seventh inning. He ended up going scoreless, but he went six and two-thirds innings. He had, I believe, 10K, so a fantastic outing for him. I'll talk more about that on our Down the Farm segment of this show. But there's a lot of guys that could really benefit from the Dodgers being able to, you know, hey, incorporate some of these guys with a comfortable lead and being able to do that because they have that lead. Yeah, and I think that'd be really good for a lot of these guys down the stretch. It's getting some of these guys even more experience, just putting these guys in positions at, that you're going to need them to succeed in for the postseason, trying out a couple different things. If you build up enough of a lead, you're able to have a little bit more flexibility to try some things out, to give some guys some rest, to get yourself in the best position possible, which is why a lot of these games are really important, which is why mm-hmm. it was important for the Dodgers to not just win the series against Colorado, but to sweep Colorado, yeah. just building up as much of a lead as possible. And, I mean, it, it really does help the culture of the clubhouse when you're winning games when you're winning a lot of games there is a much better feel in the environment for the clubhouse especially when you're able to beat up on teams that you should be beating up um it's just a really good feeling really good energy that the dodgers are having right now yeah actually the double a manager scott hennessy i asked him hey you know you're a type of guy that's so competitive but you're able to make your players so comfortable How do you have that competitive vibe, but then also able to make them feel comfortable all the time? He said, the number one best way to do that is to win. You know, if you win, that solves all of your issues. Uh, That brought me back to his statement when he said that. Okay, Arizona, fastest fall from 16 games over 500 to below 500 in the history of the major leagues. The Giants have lost four in a row, and uh, the Dodgers are 54 and 22 over the Rockies in the last 78. Uh, 78 matches, 76 matches. I can't do math very well, but so another part of this too. Hey, you you know you just it's like psychological deal too that you just dominate the NL West and you made a statement that hey that's not changing this year. Yeah, no, for sure, and I don't think it it at this point it's not going to change, especially with a lot of the teams that are behind them. I think with Arizona, they still have a lot of talent on their team. They're just a really young team, and they are going through it right now, and they need a battle just to get out of this, and they don't really have that experience to try to get out of a lot of this free fall, uh, which has been really tough for them. And then with San Francisco, um, I just don't think they have quite the level of talent that the Dodgers have, and so I think the Dodgers still have the ability to pull away from them. Okay, let's get into yesterday's game, and man, it was a masterpiece. I love the inning where Ahmed Rosario doubled, Kike Hernandez hit the sacrifice fly to move him to third, and then Max Muncy got the base hit. I call that get him on, get him over, get him in. Hey, when the Dodgers can just play a little bit of that type of execution baseball to add to the obviously excellent slugging that they have, if they can just execute a couple of times a game, that that becomes an offense that just jumps to the next level, doesn't it? 
Yeah, for sure. And you're seeing a lot of input, a lot of production for a lot of these new guys, adding some other factors to the yeah. Dodgers offense as well. You Good mentioned point. adding this uh, type of offense to an offense that already has a lot of slugging, a lot of home run ability. If you're just able to add a little bit more to that, add different aspects of the game, some of those singles, some of those productive outs, getting the runners over, uh, and also some clutch hitting as far as not just swinging for the fences, but also getting that guy in from home with a single. I think that just adds the length to the lineup. It also adds a little bit more consistency to the lineup. Obviously, you still want the slugging. Slugging does correlate well with wins, uh, but you also want for short-term, short sample sizes, additional ways to win games. Uh, that's going to be best for the postseason, which is what we've been talking about for quite a while. You mentioned knocking in the big runs and having clutch hits. The last I checked, this may not have been the last number at the end of the game, but this is like the eighth inning. The Dodgers were 5 for 13 with runners in scoring position. So that's fantastic. Eight players in the lineup had hits, and the Dodgers scored in five of the eight innings. So when you're getting that many people involved, you're scoring that often you're hitting the baseball that well with runners in scoring position that's an offense that everybody feels good about you know it's not you know some days maybe just one guy hit a three-run homer and you win like we've seen that with the Dodgers yesterday was a complete team effort yeah and you like those wins a lot when everybody's getting involved when everybody's feeling good offensively getting hits providing some sort of production that can really help your team that can really help build into the next days if you're feeling good about where your offensive game is if you're feeling good about where your swing is um that is i mean those are some of the most fun wins that you can have as a team because everybody is contributing who do you got idiots and i i beat this horse ad nauseum and i won't beat it any any longer other than to say Hey, you know, his, his his prior two performances, he had gone scoreless. He had been very good. So he'd been building momentum. Now, he did give up the three runs yesterday in the seven innings. He gave it up on a home run, which was frustrating. But by and large, when you look at a lot of the things that Julio Urias did yesterday, it still felt like he was building more momentum towards getting back to the way he was last year in the ace-level type pitcher. I just got the feel that that yesterday was an ace-level type pitcher momentum that he created. Yeah, Would I be I, wrong there? No, you're absolutely not wrong with that. And I think it was a really good start. The past couple of starts have been really good for Julio as far as building some of this momentum because obviously this year has not gone exactly the way that he has planned. But there's still another month and a half left in the season that you can build momentum and into the playoffs. And then if you shine bright enough in the playoffs, you can really make a name for yourself. You can really add value back to you. And it really does help with some of the competition that he's had to face. Yeah. He's had to face Oakland. He's had to face Colorado. But even with that 12 Ks and zero walks yesterday, that is something that you can build off of. Even if you give up the home run, if you're giving that level of production, if you're striking out that many without giving up a lot of walks, that is something really special. And that's showing some of the ace in Julio Arias that we know is still in there. And if I, if the Dodgers can get that out of Julio for the 
end of the season, even if they weren't able to get it for him for the beginning of the season, this is the time where you want your stars to shine the most. No doubt, no doubt. I just I just left yesterday's performance watching Julio very encouraged, like, hey, man, this will work right here. We're headed in the absolute right direction to where everybody wanted to be. Okay, Miguel Rojas, you know, just watching him hit that home run yesterday, it just just watching that it was like, how does this guy only have two home runs? I mean, his swing is nice. There's power behind it, but uh, you know, I just watching Miguel Rojas again. That 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 was that was exciting to see him to hit the home run, but it just seems like there's so much more in the tank for him. Yeah, it, I mean, it leaves you a little bit frustrated because you want more out of Miguel Rojas, but at the same time, you have to take each one of these moments and you have to appreciate them for what they are. And this was a moment where Miguel Rojas was able to hit for a little bit of power. Obviously, we'd like to see a little bit more of that. Uh, but when he does it, you got to be encouraged by it. I didn't realize Ahmed Rosario was so fast. That dude can run. Yeah, he can, he can run a little bit, can't he? Yeah, and when you add him and then you have James Altman, you know, Kike's a, a good athlete, but, you know, hey, you're adding athletic ability to an already good lineup. So, hey, things are on the up and up. Very exciting to be a Dodgers fan. And I don't think that Dodgers fans are necessarily surprised that that the Dodgers are going to win the division. At least it looks like they're going to. I may be jumping way too far ahead. Who knows? I mean, crazier things that ha- could happen. But the way things are going right now, it looks like they're going to win the division. I don't think Dodgers fans would be surprised with that. I think everybody would be surprised that it's shaping up, that they're going to win it by as much as they are right now, at least. Yeah, and I think that uh, especially going back just a month or so, building this much of a lead, I think it's a little bit surprising. Uh, It shouldn't be surprising with how much this has happened over the past 10 or so years, just the Dodgers' ability uh, they know what they're doing. They know the type of talent that they have and what they need to get over the top, at least uh, during the regular season. And so this is just more uh, first-place Dodgers. No doubt about it. Okay, it's Monday, Austin, so you ready for a mailbag? I sure All right, it's Monday, so it's time for our Monday mailbag, Austin. So, hey, let's get to our first question, which is, okay, the playoffs, what will the rotation be in the playoffs? And this kind of has different levels to it, so I will let you dive into that before I give my thoughts. Yeah, no, this is this is a really good question because I think this is something that going back to the trade deadline, a lot of people had in mind as far as what they think uh, the rotation is going to be. This was the push to get some start, some high-end starting pitcher because there is the thought that there might be a need for that. And so looking ahead as far as what the rotation is going to be, obviously you don't know what's going to happen as far as injuries are concerned. And so there still has to be a little bit of room, a little bit of flexibility with this. Uh, But I think for your rotation, you typically for a playoffs, at least assuming that you get into uh, a round that has seven games, you typically want at least four starters for in this. And so we got to be looking for who are the four starters that you not just feel comfortable with, but feel comfortable with in a postseason setting. Uh, And so for the Dodgers, obviously, we saw Clayton Kershaw come back. I think he obviously would be one of your four starters. 
and then for the rest of them, I think there's a little bit of variability. If Julio yeah. Rios keeps pitching like he has, I think you have to put him into that rotation. Obviously, he's still got something to prove against a little bit more tougher competition. Uh, but his last three starts have been incredibly, incredibly, mm-hmm. cons- incredibly uh, encouraging, I should say. Yeah. Um, and then you look at some of the other starters that you can add in. Um, you can. You've got of, two spots for three starters. You got yes. two spots for Bobby Miller, Lance Lynn, Tony Gonsolin. Yes, and that is going to be that is going to be the competition that is had over the course of the next month and a half left of the regular season is who gets those last two rotation spots because I think all of those guys are going to have some sort of role when it comes to the postseason. Uh, assuming yep. that they continue to be successful. Uh, the question is, who do you want in your rotation? Right now, I would, with the way Lance Lynn is pitching, mm-hmm. he would have to be on there for me. And then it comes down to Tony Gonsolin or Bobby Miller. Obviously, Tony has had a little bit of struggles this year. Bobby is inexperienced uh, when it comes to Major League Baseball postseason ball. Uh, so you would have to make your determination as far as which one you would want in that postseason. Being a little bit of a prospect guy, I'd lean a little bit more mm-hmm. towards Bobby just because I've seen him. Mm-hmm. Could be a little bit of recency bias there. Yeah. Uh, but those are kind of your options that you have, at least right now, for the postseason. Yep. In the divisional series, you're probably only going to need three starters the way that the TV does it. So I think your three starters will beat Yadius. Kershaw, and I think your third one would be Lance Lynn. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any doubt about that. Right now as we speak, now a month from now it may be different as far as that third starter. Your fourth starter, I'm going with Bobby Miller for the upside, and then I'm going with Lance Lynn because of the consistency. You know what you're going to get. So I think those two, you know, with, hey, we may get the guy that strikes out a million guys and gives up no runs in six innings of Bobby Miller with that type of upside. And then the, you turn around the next game and you you pretty much know that with Lance Lynn, you're going to get six innings, you're going to get 100 pitches. So I think he balances out, Lance Lynn does, you know, the the veteran in him and the consistency that he brings. I think he balances out the fact that you're, you're I, don't want, I don't want to say taking a chance, but you're, you're betting on upside with Bobby Miller. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And you could always, I mean, they do this in the postseason all, all the time as far as mixing and matching a whole bunch of pitchers that you have in mm-hmm. the bullpen, you can do that, especially with the addition of a Ryan Yarborough, uh, adding him to kind of mix and match depending on the yeah. types of matchups. You don't have to have Bobby Miller go six innings, yeah. six, seven innings. You can have him go for three, four innings, to have him go on a shorter stint, and then bring in a guy like a Yarborough, bring in some other bullpen arms mm-hmm. to kind of supplement that and just play your matchups as best as possible. I think we are likely to see that with the Dodgers as well. Okay. Mailbag question number two. What is the number one thing that you have been most impressed about by the Dodgers? Yeah, and I think it's – the ability to add in all of these different new pieces and continue to maintain a culture of winning. I think that has mm-hmm. been the most impressive for me. Um, 
adding in a bunch of these guys from the trade deadline, a lot of not necessarily high-name guys. We know that some of the teams that have added a bunch of high-name kind of veteran guys have really struggled this year, but the Dodgers' ability to add some of these guys who have been underrated, underrated, overlooked perhaps, and Dodgers' ability to get the best out of them – uh, has been really impressive. Have been really encouraged by mm-hmm. a lot of the rookies as well this season. Obviously, uh, James Altman has gotten a lot of runway. We've seen a lot from some of the young starting pitchers like a Bobby Miller. Uh, there's a lot to be happy with with the Dodgers so far this season. No doubt about it. Just the next man up, the grittiness, and the, hey, no excuses. We're the Dodgers. There are no excuses. I don't care what your backstory is, whether you're a rookie, a veteran, a guy who struggled this year, you came over to trade. It doesn't matter where the Dodgers, we win here and we're going to continue winning. So that next man up and just gritty and no excuses mentality has been the most impressive thing about this Dodgers team this year for me. Okay. Mailbag question number three. Do you think the Dodgers will run away with the division or do you think this will get close or are you confident the Dodgers actually will win the division? Yes, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, If I had to make a bet, I would make a bet that the Dodgers would run away with this. Uh, I think that's the way that things are trending. You obviously don't want to make that determination. It's middle of August. There's still a month and a half left. If you take your foot off the gas pedal, teams will catch up. A team like San Mm -hmm. Francisco will catch up. Uh, Arizona has the ability to find things out. You still... Uh, have to be a little bit concerned about that as far in the sense of you don't want to take your foot off the gas pedal. Right. I still think the Dodgers are likely to run away with this, but you that, still have to keep that in mind. That's that's where my bet would be. Of course, anything can happen. I mean, the Dodgers could go and free fall too. Who knows? I don't see that happening. But if you asked me to put a bet on it, I would bet that the Dodgers would be more likely to run away with it than they would be to have this thing tighten back up on it. But, hey, like I said, you never know. Okay, uh, mailbag question number four. Guys in the minor leagues that have caught your eyes the most. Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm in the Michigan area, so I get a little bit of exposure to uh, Great Lakes Loon quite a bit of exposure to the Great mm-hmm. Lakes Loons, gets to go to a bunch of their games. Was that the game on Thursday in which they fell a little bit short to a really good Whitecaps team? Yeah. Uh, also at the rainout game on Friday, so there wasn't any any sort of games. Uh, but one of the players, uh, I'll bring up a couple guys. One, uh, I was able to actually pull some clips together, uh, posted them on my Twitter of nice. Sarin Lau's diamond, Dow Diamond debut. Uh, former pitching? position player prospect. Yeah, as far as pitching is concerned, because I was just about to mention, he was a position yeah. player that I saw a little bit, I believe in 2021, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, 2021, 2022, one of those seasons, uh, but has really remade himself to be a really good rotation piece. And we saw in his outing on Tuesday, just a really solid debut made an incredibly athletic play in the field as well. I know uh, the loons Twitter account tweeted that out. Uh, So that is a play that you should definitely check out because he showed, he's, he showed some of the athleticism that he has off of the pitching mound as well. And then some of the stuff was just really good. Uh, Mm -hmm. But one of the other guys on the offensive side that 
you have to be incredibly impressed with and something that he has put in a ton of work. I know who uh, you're going with. Jake Vogel yep. is the guy that you have to be incredibly impressed with. Over the course of his August numbers, I know that you tweeted out about this. Uh, in August, he's hitting 389, uh, 405, 667 as far as on base percentage and slugging. Uh, that adds up to a WRC plus of 183 yeah. in the month of August. Uh, he's walking at 7%, but he's only striking out at 9.5% during this month. Uh, 278 ISO. Everything about what he's doing right now is just clicking, which has been really, really encouraging for this guy who has put in a ton of work, has been extremely solid in center field, but has been searching for some answers as far as results are concerned mm-hmm. offensively. It's He's starting to put it together, and he's heating up in a serious way in the month of August. Yeah, no doubt about it. I was going to go there, too. Hey, starting with Rancho Cucamonga, I would say keep your eye on Peyton Martin. This dude has a big arm. He has a lot of poise. He has a rock star type mentality. I know he entered the, the top prospects list. You can see that coming from a mile away. He was just drafted last year out of North Carolina, out of high school. So keep your eye on Peyton Martin. He has really stuck out to me this year. Simon Reed, a catcher slash versatile player, left-handed hitter out of Westmont College. And then uh, in the in the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth Metroplex area, he came out of high school from there and then went to Westmont Junior College and, and got drafted out of there. So I think those are two guys that have been very impressive to me. Jake Yeloff has been impressive since he got drafted. Very, very impressive. And then at the Tulsa level, the guy that's been the absolute most impressive all year long from start to finish has been Austin Gothier. So I think those are the guys that I have been the most impressed with. Okay, Ryan Pepio yesterday, he went seven innings, scored us actually six and two-thirds, six innings. He went six innings perfect. It was a fantastic outing for him. He was throwing his his smaller slider-type pitch, which, you know, cutter, whatever you want to call it. His fastball was in the zone. He was very good yesterday. So will Ryan Pepio have a role with the Dodgers down the stretch? I sure hope so, because with what he showed yesterday, that I mean, that stuff, that stuff plays. And yeah. it was just an absolute dominant performance. Uh, you hope that the Dodgers are able to find some sort of role for him as we go down the stretch. And I think there could be a role with him, especially with some innings limits that some of these guys have yeah. with uh, the Dodgers building up enough of the lead that they're able to rest some of these guys just keep their arms as healthy as possible. Obviously, you don't want to completely stop them and get them completely off track for the postseason, but you still want to provide a little bit of rest for some of these guys, uh, limit some of the wear and tear that these guys have. I think that could be an opening for a guy like a Ryan Pepio, uh, who, I mean, he with this performance and with what he's done in the minor leagues just has shown that he needs to have tougher, tougher competition at the big league level. I think there could be an opening for him. I don't know exactly what that is though. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, I mentioned that Ryan Yarbrough is that H back for the pitching staff. Hey, you could have a left-handed H back and then a right-handed H back, right? Ryan Pepio mm-hmm. can be a guy that can give you that spot start. If you need to get like, you know, Clayton Kershaw needs maybe one one start in his rotation off. You know, Ryan Pepio could fill in there, or he could be a piggyback guy like we've seen Yar- Yarbrough do. 
and go four or five innings as a piggyback starter, or he could be a one or two inning relief guy like we've seen, you know, Ryan, uh, we've seen Michael Grove do, or he could be a back end, high end guy too. That on the days that you're not using your number one guns, like I think we'd all agree, your number one guns right now would be Brazier, Gratterall, Kelly. Of course, Kelly's on the on the IL and Evan Phillips. When you're on a day when you're not using any of them, he could be a guy that could be a back end guy for you too. So, I think Ryan Pepio definitely has a role, and it's even, that makes it even more important that the Dodgers keep the foot to the to the pedal so they can keep building this lead, so they can continue to work on those different types of scenarios and defining roles for everybody that can help in the playoffs. So that's where we're at with Ryan Pepio. Hey, I know you were in Great Lakes this past weekend. So final thoughts on that before we get out of here and we get to the minor league part of this show. Yeah, I was only able to go to one of their games this week, which for me is not a lot of games. Still was able to kind of see uh, a lot of their games, see some of the momentum that they're building up. Uh, I know they've been, as far as game result-wise, been struggling a little bit, just in comparison to the absolute enormous success that they've had. Uh, but it's an important week for them. They'll be in Lansing this week, and I'll be at a few of those games as well coming up. Uh, excited to see what they're able to do. Excited to see some of the progress that they're able to, at, to continue to have. Uh, and some of the new guys that they've been supplementing. Mm -hmm. They've been hurt a little bit offensively, and that's just with a lot of the wear and tear of the season that they've had. They've had a lot of guys go out a little bit. Uh, Still have a ton of confidence in this team. Still absolutely love Great Lakes and Loons baseball and excited to see what they're able to do. And they're still in the playoffs no matter what happens in the second oh, half sure. of the division. And I think you mentioned this last time I talked to you. Congratulations, Austin Chubb. He was there last week, and they gave him a big, nice ceremony. Congratulations to the Great Lakes, just the organization itself, Midland, Michigan, that whole area. That crowd Saturday night completely sold out. The crowd yesterday on Sunday was just, I don't know if it was sold out or not, but it looked like it was darn close to it. I yep. know you were there on Friday, so boy, oh, they had Fri- a great and, weekend in Michigan, didn't they? Yeah, no, and Friday would have been a sellout, too, uh, with the tickets that they had. Obviously, a little bit disappointed with the rain out. But as you mentioned, the town absolutely loves Austin Chubb and what yeah. he did for the team in 2021 2022 he had the opportunity to go back there as daniel nava was on vacation for this past week um let me stop you there the the reason why he was the dodgers give each one of their managers one week off throughout the season isn't that cool and that that last week was novice yes and so austin chubb and they kind of knew what they were doing with it but they sent austin chubb out there and they couldn't have sent a better person out there. He's absolutely beloved in the city within the organization. He takes the time out of his, he takes his time to interact with everybody from the bus drivers mm-hmm. to sure everybody on the field. Uh, just a first class individual, uh, somebody that Midland was lucky to have as their manager. And he's doing great things with the Dodgers organization still. And had him in back to back years, which at that level is at least somewhat rare, especially with the Dodgers. Oh, yeah, for sure. And two really good teams. A lot of great players come through. A lot of players who still doing great things with the Dodgers. You're seeing a guy like a James Outman who is under yep. the watch of Chubb. Uh, you're seeing Bobby Miller was under his watch. You're seeing Image some of the guys. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the guys in the upper levels of the minors, both with the Dodgers, both having successful outside of the Dodgers as well. I know Eddie Slaynar is tearing it up in Toledo. Yeah. 
Lockhart's tearing it up with Erie. Uh, I mean, he's had a huge influence on a lot of different people, a lot of the development of a lot of these high-end prospects, and just excited to see him back in Midland for a week. Yeah, that was awesome. Okay, Austin, thanks for joining. Next time I will see you will be for Dodgers Dogs on Wednesday evening. Sounds good. Thanks for having right, me. Fans, time now to transition to the minor league action over the weekend, so let's not waste more time. Let's get right to it. And let's take a trip down on the farm. Triple-A Oklahoma City Dodgers had a bit of a rough week in Tacoma. They dropped four of the six, but there was some great action. Justin Yurchek had a good week. You're seeing right here, Yurchek hit home run number four of the season on Friday evening of 2023. He had hits in five of his last six games at that point. Yurchek is hitting 385 so far in August with a home run, a double, three RBIs, and nine total bases. The young man out of Binghamton that has been on the developed list Two different times this year, he just keeps grinding, and every time he gets a chance, he just keeps hitting. So, Justin, your check. Good job. Ryan Ward, who I released an interview with yesterday, wonderful young man, did a great job on that interview. If you have not seen that, go ahead and check that out on my Dodgers Daily YouTube page. He's on another heater. Ryan Ward has been absolutely smoking hot. He mentions all the adjustments he made to get or at the AAA level to get back to the hitting that he's at right now. He's on a heater, and for the second night in a row on Friday night, he tied the game with a home run. So he tied the game on Thursday with a home run. He tied the game on Friday with a home run. This home run you saw right here was hit 108 miles an hour, and it traveled 419 very happy feet. Ryan Ward hit 318 in July, and he has hits in 13 of his last 15 games. And he has seven multi-hit games in that span. So like I said, Ryan Ward is on a heater. You know, it took Michael Bush 13 games to hit his first home run of 2023. Well, he's hit over 20. He's approaching 25 home runs right now as we speak. This was home run number 23 on Friday evening. He's hitting 324 OPS, 1051 on the year. So Michael Bush, as we say all the time, tearing up triple-a pitching he's done just about everything he can at this level but give him credit you know the dodgers have a saying hey just perform where your feet are at for that day so his feet are in triple-a right now and he is performing you know just do what you can do control what you can control and he is certainly doing that so not only do you have to be impressed with the fact that he can absolutely rake and he's a really great baseball player you know he got to play a little bit of left field some third base, some second base. You also have to be impressed by the fact that he's able to remove all the external factors around him and just do and, and perform and control what he is able to control. David Freitas hit home run number three on Friday evening. It was hit 98.4 and 377. Very happy feet. He also had 102 0.3 mile hour single, and David Freitas also had a 17 game hit streak. So, David Freitas, the veteran catcher who spent time on the development list this year as well, he just loves baseball. Every time I talk about him, I talk about his positive energy and just the vibes that he gives off. You want to be around this guy, he inspires you to want to play the game, the game of baseball very hard. And hey, at the age he is, I believe he's 34 years old. For somebody to tell him that he can't play any longer, they are going to have to rip the jersey off of his back because he loves showing up. 
every day at the yard and playing, and he is having a good year for AAA Oklahoma City. More Gus Varland talk, who has had a great year. He was very impressive in his outing, his one inning on Friday evening. He struck out one. He gave up just one hit. He hit 97.8. The spin on his fastball was 24.58. His, his movement was 13. He had 13 inches of vertical movement, 13 inches of horizontal movement, and his sinker had 34 inches of vertical movement. So, hey, that is a... Very good combination. That's a good mix. And his cutter had 40 inches of vertical movement. So not only is Varlin heating up the radar gun, he also has great movement. And he's been in the zone. As a matter of fact, his four seam was in the zone 64% of the time. His sinker and cutter were in the zone 50% of the time. So his stuff is great. The velo is great. And it's in the strike zone. Nothing not to like right now about Miguel Vargas. Bryson Brickman had two hits Friday night, including his home run number two. And Saturday, he had another home run as well. Sunday, actually, he had home run number three. This home run right here, 97.8, traveled 354. Very happy feet. Brickman has had two multi-hit games in a row. He now has three because he had another one over the weekend. And he has three out of his last four. Now make that four out of his last Six games he has multi-hit games and nine out of eight out of his last 20 with a home run, a double three runs scored, and 12 total bases. So uh, Bryson Brigman has had a great month, another young man that brings a lot of versatility. He played some shortstop over the weekend, played some left field. He's played mainly second base in his career. So Bryson Brigman has had a really, really, really good season. So, hey, here's actually what it was on Saturday. His average is 314. Like I said, he played some shortstop. Brigman has three multi-hit games in a row and four in his last five and hitting now 387 August OPS 973. So Bryson Brigman having a great year. David Dahl hit his eighth home run, 100.3 and 368. Very happy feed on Saturday. Dahl is hitting 318 so far in August. He has four home runs, 13 RBIs, nine runs scored, and 28 total bases. So David Dahl, veteran that the Dodgers picked up just a little bit ago, is hitting the baseball very well for AAA Oklahoma City. Kyle Hurd had his second outing in AAA. Boy, look at that changeup. That is fantastic. And it was a very, very, very good one. There's a good fastball there. And he had another outing where he just had a million different strikeouts he had seven strikeouts gave up just one walk one hit and he went scoreless and i believe it was his three innings in his second double a outing he hit as high as 96.8 he flashed five different pitches his four seam fastball was in the zone 61 percent of the time and that fastball also had a whiff rate of 80 percent his cutter was in the zone 67 percent of the time sinker was in the zone 50 percent of the time and he threw 51 pitches, 32 strikes. So that's the thing, the thing with Kyle Hurt is that he has been a strikeout machine this year. And, man, when his ball is in the strike zone, his stuff is as good as anybody. We saw that flash in Tacoma over the weekend. So here's that performance from Ryan Pepio, who threw a perfect six innings yesterday. He gave up a hit to start the seventh, so that ended the perfect game, which probably was a good thing because then you'd, if you would have went seven perfect innings, then you'd been tempted to bring him out in the eighth and the ninth, and he's just coming off the oblique injury, and the last thing you want to do is him to get hurt in a minor league game, try to throw a perfect game. But, hey, you're such a competitive human being. That would be your instincts to do that, to let a guy have a perfect game no matter what the level, and he stands to help the Major League, the major league team the way he is throwing right now. So perfect six innings. 
innings, gave up the hit to start the seventh inning, went 6.2 scoreless, touched 96.4. He sat 94.3, so the velo was very, very good. The strike zone was good. He threw his fastball, his four seam in the zone for a strike 60% of the time. He threw a smaller shaped slider. They, you know, it's listed as a cutter, but it's actually a slider that he makes a little bit smaller. In zone 50% of the time, he threw 90 pitches, 61 strikes, and he has allowed just three earned runs in his last 14.2 innings. So good to see Ryan Pepio pitching well for AAA Oklahoma City. It's that time of year where guys get called up, double-A Tulsa. They can use the reinforcement because I'll tell you what, this is the part of the year to where they are just simply struggling. I talk about it all the time that the one team with all the movement and all the different moves that the Dodgers make, which they make more than usually more than any other team in the league, the double-A Tulsa Drillers are the team that suffer the most. They, they drop back to uh, 500 on the season. They have been struggling as a team as of late, but it was great to see Kendall Williams, who just recently got promoted to double-A, have a dominant outing in his first start, not his first start at double-A. Look at that split change, great pitch. But it was his first start at home at One Oak in beautiful downtown Tulsa. He went six innings scoreless. Kendall Williams did, and he had seven strikeouts, no walks, and gave up just three hits. Look at that split change. Four seam was good, plus the split finger was good, and the slider was good as well. So Williams, Kendall Williams is making noise, and he's getting closer to being able to help the Major League team at just the double-A level. Got to meet and interview this young man, Kevin Gowdy, who was a big deal out of Santa Barbara in 2016, drafted in the second round by the Phillies. He's been with them since. The Dodgers picked him up. Over the offseason, big arm, good slider that you just saw, 96-97. Going to release my feature on him this week, probably Thursday. The interview being released thir- Thursday as well. So the 96-97 on our fastball, the good slider. He went two innings scoreless Friday evening, and Gowdy has gone scoreless in two outings in a row and six out of his last eight. So the young man, like I said, the Dodgers picked up in the offseason via free agency from the Phillies, pitching well for the Double-A Tulsa Drillers. What else can he say about Austin Gothier, who simply is one of the most complete hitters in the game, one of the most well-schooled and fundamental hitters? You know, his his oppo percentage that you saw right there, his pull percentage and his center percentage, meaning the times he hits the ball to the middle of the field, are just almost absolutely identical, which is unbelievable as far as being fundamental. And he's just had a tremendous year. So Austin Gothier... Okay, 320 on the year, OPS 944, 29 multi-hit games. I believe he had another one on Sunday, so make that 30. Austin Gothier, a young man who hasn't come out of nowhere. If you follow Dodgers daily, this is a young man that that I've always been very high on his hit tool. Now that Eddie's Leonard has moved on and is playing very well with another organization, he's gotten a chance to move back to shortstop, and he is absolutely producing. So Austin Gothier having a great year. Ismail Alcantara, a very talented outfielder that just simply hasn't got the hit tool working the way that he would like the last couple of years. And it's good to see him finally getting on a stretch to to show the talent that he has because he has he has a world of talent, a great athletic ability. He has a good hit tool, hasn't shown it in the last couple of years. So good, like I said, to see him get hot. He had two hits for the drillers. Friday night in the 5-1 to one win over Amarillo. Alcantara has hits in three games in a row in eight of his last nine, and he's four for his last nine. So, like I said, good to see Ismail Alcantara heating up. Emanuel Vargas always plays good offense this time of year, and it is no different for 2023. He had two hits, 
on Saturday, including home run number 16. Look at that great crowd at One Oak. It was absolutely cram-packed on Saturday night. Three RBI, and they give them credit because it's been about 105 degrees every day in Oklahoma. Saturday and Sunday were very hot. Okay, so even though Vargas had two hits, including home run number 16, three RBIs on Saturday night for Double A Tulsa. He has hits in four of his last five games and has three home runs and 10 RBIs so far in August. That actually improved because he had another home run on Sunday. So even Vargas is having a very good stretch. Yorbit Vivas got off to the very, very, very hot start to start the season. He has cooled off quite a bit since. As a matter of fact, this last month or three weeks has probably been the coolest stretch of the season. So good to see him heat back up. That's typical. You know, when you go over a long minor league season, you're going to have your ups and downs. Vivas looks like he's on his way back up for an uptick as far as offense goes. He had two hits Saturday night and he scored three runs as well. Vivas is hitting 279 on the year's OPS is 820. One of the hottest hitters in the entire organization moving on to the Loons who have had a tremendous year last week. Wasn't their best week of the season, but hey, like we talk about over the long course of the season, you have those ups and downs. But hey, it's not because of Jake Vogel. He has been absolutely smoking hot. He had hits in both games of the doubleheader on Saturday. He never had another hit on Sunday. And he also hit home run number three. So it's not like he's just hitting the ball and getting base hits. He's actually hitting the baseball with power as well, hitting home runs. He is absolutely smoking hot. He's hitting over 400 in August in about 35 at-bats. It's OPS in August is over 1,100, and he has eight RBIs. He has seven runs scored and uh, roughly about 25 total bases. I didn't check after yesterday's game, but it was 23 after the Saturday game. So, I'm, you know, the, the game that he had on Sunday, I'm guessing it's over 25 right now. So, Jake Vogel, uh, he's a guy that kind of like Ismail Alcantara, the, the hit tool has struggled to this point in his career and boy you know hey everybody's timetable is different this is a talented young man one of the fastest players in the organization so if the hit tool from jake vogel the way that he works as hard as he works can, can continue to stay hot like this this becomes another weapon in this organization and this is why you give guys time to blossom because some guys need longer times than others some guys blossom right off the start but jake vogel hitting very well for the high great lakes loons yaner fernandez has really splashed onto the scene in 2023 he had two hits on saturday in both games of the double header and he moved his average at 385 so far in august he has six multi-hit games so far this month as well so hey yaner fernandez a young man who can catch a young man who can play second base he can play everywhere really splashed onto the scene and is having a great year this is left-handed pitcher Justin Robleski out of Oklahoma State. He is obviously dear to my heart because I got to see all of his starts as a Cowboy there in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He had Tommy John in 2021, which which killed a season at Oklahoma State. He actually had to shut it down early. Then last year, he threw just 21.2 innings. So I've always known the stuff was there. I've been saying that all year long. The one thing I was the most worried about was because he hasn't pitched a whole lot in the last couple of years, and if you remember, 2020 was canceled early. So really since 2019, he hasn't pitched a whole lot. So worried about him wearing down a touch. But hey, the way that he's pitching right now shows that not only is he not wearing down, he is actually getting stronger because yesterday he gave up just three hits, one earned run in his last eight innings. So like I said, he's actually pitching better now, you know, as far as getting stronger as the season goes on. And that is great to see for a young man that has not thrown a whole lot in the last three years. 
ERA on the year, just 303, 94 strikeouts, great emotion. This is a competitive young man with big stuff, Justin Robleski. Talked on several different occasions that the left-handed starting is uh, starting pitching as far as that crop goes is all the way down in high A. Well, hey, Ronan Kopp actually added to his versatility yesterday by coming in for the seventh and eighth innings. So, hey, there's a role for a guy. When you're talking about the Dodgers and you have so much talent, we see it right now with this major league club. The more versatile you are, the more positions you can play, the more things you can do for the club, the more likely you are to get on the 26-man roster and actually get into a major league game. So Ronan Kopp, although he's been a starter all year, it's great to see him add that versatility in the late innings and use that adrenaline and that big frame and big fastball to get some of the most important outs in the later innings of a baseball game. He gave up no runs. Ronan Kopp did not. And no hits while striking out four and walking just one in his two innings. Kopp has 88 strikeouts in 60 innings this year so his stuff has been big great job Ronan Cobb Jack Dreyer the Maytag Dreyer is is I believe is what some people back in Iowa used to call him at least I get some comments that way he went scoreless on Sunday that's his 11th scoreless outing in a row in fact Jack Dreyer the Maytag has not allowed a run since July 4th the 4th of July is the last time that Jack Dreyer look at that big breaking ball has allowed a earned run, and in that time, he has given up just three hits. Just three hits Jack Dreyer's given up since the 4th of July, and he struck out 26 in 16.1 innings in that stretch. So keep killing it, Jack Dreyer. Rancho had a rough week in Inland as they lost four out of six, but they did win the last two, including the game yesterday that they won 12-8. to eight. Over the Inland Empire, 66ers, I actually said it right the first time, and they won 12 to 8 yesterday to move the record to 57 and 51 on the season. Wilman Diaz has been absolutely on fire. He went two for six yesterday. He's hitting 349 in the season. Wilman Diaz, 349, OPS 1025. Paula had a hit. He's hitting 280 on the season. Jake Gellaw, boy, he has been very, very impressive. He had two hits yesterday and two RBIs. He played third base, played some good defense. Theron Lorenzo, he had three hits yesterday in RBI. Matter of fact, Rain Don Cone actually had a home run as well. So we're going to get to him here in a minute. But Theron Lorenzo had three hits in RBI. He actually walked as well, so he was on base four times. Joe Vetrano, he had two hits as well. So Geloff and Vetrano, the corner infielders. Vetrano at first, Geloff at third. They have been hitting the baseball very well. Vetrano, Vetrano had two hits and two RBIs. He's hitting 308 since he came to Rancho Cucamonga. Luis Rodriguez had a couple of hits and three RBIs and was on base three times as well. Rain Don Cone, as I mentioned, hit his 13th Home run yesterday, Jose Izada had a hit. He went one for five. And pitching-wise, Jonathan Edwards actually got the start. He's been pitching very well as of late. He went two innings, scored us two strikeouts, just one walk, gave up just one hit. The big old tall drink of water out of Georgia Southern, pitching very well, Jonathan Edwards. Gabe Emmett actually got the win to move to six and six on the season. He was the piggyback bulk inning pitcher yesterday. He went four innings. He gave up. Three runs, and he had a strikeout and two walks. Four hits on the day. Ronaldo Yeen, he gave up three earned runs yesterday. Two strikeouts and a walk on two hits. And LeBron Reynoso, he got a second save. He went two innings, a two-inning save. Gave up two runs. He gave up two runs on uh, three strikeouts and no walks and three hits. So, again, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, they, they lost four out of six, but they did win the last two. And they won yesterday 12-8 to to move the record to 57-51.
So there you have it. Always a busy show on Sunday. I want to thank Austin Brubaker for joining again for our Monday Mailbag and to talk Dodgers baseball. And I hope you enjoyed all the action down on the farm. Next time you'll see me will be Wednesday morning. And don't forget to send in your questions for next week's Monday Mailbag. And don't forget to get prepared for Dodgers Dogs that we go live on Wednesday evenings at 6 Pacific. So, hey, I would like to remind you one last time that if you'd like to help Dodgers Daily, we have a link to our GoFundMe account in the description and also don't forget to leave a comment and interact with this video like this video share this video that way dodgers daily thinks that this is the video that's liked it'll get seen more and we can keep growing keep providing you content like this in the future and make sure your notifications are turned on so as always i'd like to thank you for tuning in and say go dodgers